Oh, the pressure burns. I think at night she'll look more like her. Like she got it all figured out. And because of the size of her thighs and the pout on her mouth. Welcome to No Makeup a podcast sharing authentic stories of really cool women who sign up to honestly and bravely tell us their stories. We believe stories can do a lot. They inspire, they console, and they shape our understanding of the world. So welcome as we interview women we admire and ask them to figuratively and literally, if they want to, take off their makeup and tell stories from the heart. Our podcast is proudly recorded at Vermont Public Radio. Welcome to No Makeup. I'm your host, Tiffany Bloomley, and I'm joined in VPR's Norwich studio by Marissa Parisi, her producer, and Vermont activist Brenda Brown. In 2011, Brenda was the lead plaintiff in a lawsuit that extended new protections to Vermont renters. It's great to have you here, Brenda. Thank you. Great to be here. So uh, about seven years ago, you embarked upon an adventure that involved a lawsuit against the city of Barrie. And in 2016, legislation uh, that passed uh, and was signed into law. Tell us a little bit about how you got involved in this whole uh, adventure. Well, it started that um, we had a notice up on our uh, apartment building that they were going to shut the water off by a certain date and called to see if I could keep it on. It didn't happen. They told me what to do. So I called Vermont Legal Aid and... We went from there, told Chris what was Chris Curtis, Christopher Curtis, what was going on, and he looked into it, and we started the whole proceedings. So why don't you back up a little bit prior to the lawsuit? What were the circumstances um, uh, that really brought you to the brink of reaching out to legal aid and, and launching the lawsuit? Well, the, you know, like I was saying that the um, landlord just didn't care about the building anymore. Um, there was cracked windows in the place that was unsafe. Then we notice and notice we're gone. We come home and there's a pink notice on our door that the water's going to be shut off. That's when it all started. <laughs> well, what, what was your initial reaction to the notice? To the notice uh, it was very upsetting. Um, it was like, you know, oh no, what are we going to do? No water in the building. You know, what's going to happen? So I got on the phone with the city of Barrie and found out what I could do to stop the water shut off. Because uh, it said on the, the um, notice that he was behind a lot of money in, in paying for the water bill. And we just, it's like, oh no, what are we going to do without water? You know, so it kind of was like a panic mode. And then... You know, I said, okay, got to do something. We can't go without water. So then I got on the phone. I talked to the city of Barrie. There was nothing that I could do. I even offered to, you know, pay whatever the the rent was to keep the water on because, you know, you go into so panic you were, mode. you were willing to pay the landlord's bill. So, yeah, the, what they, it was like five or $600 or something to keep it on. Mm-hmm. I think it was. And that's, you know, that's. That's where it started, and then I was like, "She's no, we can't do. It. You can't do. It. You're not the property owner." So they wouldn't let you pay, right? And then what happened? I then uh, 
when talking to her, she, the woman on the phone said, you know, you can call Vermont Legal Aid and see what can be done. And I called Vermont Legal Aid and got a hold of, got to talk to Christopher Curtis, who then told him the story, what was going on. And then we would just, you know, went from there and it just started this whole big. So did they ever turn the water off? They did turn it off. Um, the people came to turn it off. Luckily, they were nice enough to let us fill up buckets and because there was nothing we could do then. You know, there was nothing to stop them. So we filled up buckets and stuff and we got water in there and I had surgery on, on my toe or foot there and I needed water, you know. So they just went from, you know, they let us fill it up and we filled it up and they shut it off. So how long were you without water? It was about almost two months that until, well, they turned it back on. It was like, wasn't two months that time, but when they shut it off, they had realized that there might have been forced hot water that heats the apartment. That wasn't how it was heated. So they turned it back on and then they turned it off. And you lived for two months without water. Yeah. Carrying it in and out, going and getting big, uh, big things of water at the store. And you just had surgery on your foot. So you had to sponge bath or go places and do laundry, you know, or get a thing filled up with water, wash them by hand, or go to a laundromat or go to friends. Did that for two months, a little over two months, before they turned it, you know, we got things straightened out and had to turn it back on. All the other tenants had moved out. Yeah, because of the landlord the way he was. And it wasn't just about the water. It was about no, they broken still windows. Broken windows, um, unsafe things in the building. You chose to file a lawsuit. They chose to move out. Why, why did you choose your route? Because I didn't want to see anybody else go through it, and a lot of people don't dare to go forward and, you know, to push something like that because they feel, because you don't have the, the funds or whatever for a lawyer, you're not going to win. Mm-hmm. So I just took it further and... Was that scary? I mean, was oh, oh yeah, it was a lot. It was very scary, mm. and I still get kind of, you know, people bring it up. You know, how did you, you know, how did you man, you know, dare to do that? And just well, know, how how crit- did you dare to do that? Had you ever done that kind of thing before? No, no, I never have even thought of doing something like that. So, what was the reaction when you when you told friends, family members that you were going to launch this lawsuit with legal aid, mm-hmm. and you were going to be the lead plaintiff mm-hmm. in this lawsuit? So you were named Brown versus City of Barry. What what was the reaction? Um, some of them, you know, some people thought that you know they were very proud of me for moving forward and doing this. Some are like, "How do you do?" You know. I did take some during the thing, you know, you, you do take some heat. People say, well, if you would have done this different, you wouldn't be in this, you know, predicament. Are you surprised? Did you find yourself surprised to be the lead plaintiff in this lawsuit um, and uh, where you, you were asked by the press to talk? You were asked by legislators when then legislation was introduced by Anthony Polina. Mm-hmm. Were you comfortable with that? Position was very. I was, I was very nervous being the head person. But then people started coming forward. As mm-hmm. soon as it started getting out that somebody had 
you know, push to have this stopped so people can manage without losing water because of the landlord's default. Well, who who came forward? Uh, there was a few other people, low-income people like me, you know, mm-hmm. and they came forward and, and talked about it, and they were, like, I guess you want to say secretly wanted to stay kind of hidden back, but nobody actually came to do the whole court thing, <laughs> you know, go to court, go do the legislative meet on, meetings in, in Montpelier. Did, nobody came. It was me. So You and Legal Aid. Yes. Yeah. Legal Aid and myself. And so what, what did Legal Aid do to support you? They were, they were wonderful. I mean, they were right there. They, uh, Christopher Curtis took and just went with it. And he, his team, some of his team, you know, from like Rutland area, they joined in on some of the court hearings that we'd had to learn what was going on. I became, I don't know, I just came being a hero and I didn't want that. I just wanted people not to go through that without water, you know, be able to live without having to worry, you know, because it's, it is, it's embarrassing. You know, you have people come and you don't have water, you know, it's, I don't want somebody else to go through that. Did you feel exposed now, being the lead plaintiff, telling your story, being identified as somebody who, um, hadn't had water for t- two months and yeah it kind of then it, it was just it, well, at first it was like it was scary to be the head person you know because you have to talk about it you know then but I have to say I guess my you could say Superman or whatever you want to call it was Christopher Curtis through this whole thing because he was right there by my side you know say good job you know and I had a lot of other, after a while, you find out you do have a lot of people who support you then against you. So, Well, how, how, is, how has this whole experience affected you? Is it, has it changed the way you look at yourself or? It, it does a little bit. You know, I have to think that, you know, look what I did. You know, people will say, look what you did. And I'll be like, huh, it was nothing. You know, and then I realize, you know, maybe they're right. Maybe they're, I do have some kind of meaning in this world. You know, I'm on the Governor Property Council, and I and I don't know what I would do without it because it does show me. I mean, I may not speak a lot at the meetings, but I'm listening and I learn from, from everything I've done. So not only done that, but then there was, you know, we've had other issues come up. I don't know if you want to talk about it. The sure. rent to own. Mm-hmm. The rent to own was a big, big thing. Uh, we were at a, the governor was there. Governor Peter Summon was there at the at our meeting. It was we met with him to, to set everything in perspective and what he could, we he can do to stop things from happening. How how to stop property. And I came up with this whole rent to own thing. When you rent from the the rena the rena centers and errands or whatever, you got just as much interest and whatnot as you pay if you were getting a loan through a for a car or bank. And it, and it just got ridiculous. You know, you, they charge you so much. And then if you can't afford it and you take it back, you lose all that money out that you started on. And it won't let you. You've got to start all over again if you go back. So I said something to the governor about it. And it, he's like, wait, and it kicked it in. And he he went for it. We all went for the whole rent-to-own rent issue 
for Vermont. So done two good things so far. Stop the people without going out with water and then the whole rent to own issue. So I do feel important now. But when you hear somebody say, oh, you know, you're a hero or you, it, it, you're like, you know, I don't feel it that way. I feel like just individual that helped get things in perspective for poor people in Vermont to, to make a difference. How, how visible do you think poor people are? There's a lot out there, you know what I mean? I mean, there's a lot of people that just don't have, they don't have places to live, they don't have nothing because the economy is so high. So there's a lot, really. You don't think there is, but there is. People don't see it that way, you know, and, and the, the people that have money look down on the people that don't have a whole lot of stuff. So I, I'm proud of myself for, for pushing it and, I'm proud of what I do now. Well, Marissa has often referred to you as one of her heroes. Yes. <laughs> and I'm wondering, who are your heroes? My heroes? Well, Marissa's a, one of mine, too. She does a lot, too. And Christopher Curtis and the whole legal aid staff. Here in, you know, here in Montpelier, Rutland, they do good for everybody. And, and Marissa does good for what, and what she does. She's my hero, too. Chris is my hero. He's he's something. So what are you going to fight for next? Keeping people from going homeless and going hungry. That's what I want to see. There's nobody hungry, nobody homeless. So if I see something, I'm going to, something stands out, I'm going to try to fight for it. So we'll find out today. <laughs> because you're attending a, a poverty council meeting, is that right? With Governor Peter Shumling. We'll be there today, so I'm looking forward to seeing. And he's my hero, too. I have to say, he's he's done a very good job as governor. People don't think so. Other people don't think so out there. But I do. He has fought for a lot of things, and I'm going to miss him when he's not. He's getting done. So. so let's hope that the next governor, whether it's male or female, they believe in what we believe in and fight to stop poverty in Vermont. Are you politically active? Um, I can honestly say, no, I don't care for all the fighting that goes on with the, with the politics. I believe, you know, like how we got the Democrat, Republican. I don't believe, I, I believe that they all should get together and get along. None of this name calling, none of this work together to stop things in Vermont. Not work against each other, you know. Whoever is going to take care of Vermonters and low income, not just the rich, and make them richer, it's like, let's get these people that are low income, you know, homeless people, let's get them out there, get them going. Make more jobs for Vermont, yes, but there's some people that can't work, that need to have a lot of things done for them, too, and they need to fight to get what they need. How do you encourage more people like you to take a stand? Just, you know, if, all I can say is just put it in the thing and, and do it. You know, go for it. Fight for it. Because I was scared at first. And that's all I can tell them is I was scared to, to speak out. Because you figure you're either going to get put down or you're going to get let down, whichever. I feel fight for what you believe in. And if you think you're getting treated unfairly, then fight for it. Don't sit back because you're not going to get hurt. Fight for it. Don't be scared because there's people that will support you. And if the ones that don't want to support you, you don't need them because you get enough support from everybody else. Just fight for it. That's all I can tell them. 
One of the questions that we generally ask at the end of every interview is, what advice do you wish you'd been given at 21 that you'd share with another 21-year-old now? I would have to say, don't be scared at 21. Don't be scared. Go for what you believe in. If you believe something's wrong or you don't think it's right, fight for it. You it's certainly right. provided a great example of how to do that. It, it's a, it was hard. It was scary. But I did it. I guess I can take credit that there's now a law that nobody can ever have that experience again, and I hope it don't. And if it does, they better fight for it. It's been great to have you, Brenda. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the No Makeup Podcast. Tiffany Bloomley is your host, and I'm your producer, Marissa Parisi. Our theme music is written and performed by Giovannina Bucci, and we are proud and grateful to partner with Vermont Public Radio on the production of our podcast. You can hear previous episodes by looking us up on iTunes or SoundCloud or on our website, nomakeuppodcast.com. On our website, you will find cool links and more info about our guests. Sponsors for this episode include Elida Duncan, who did the awesome No Makeup logo, and our friends at Lang Roxbury and Wool. One last note, we want to hear from you. If you have suggestions on guests or topics, head on over to our contact page on our website, Facebook page, or Twitter feed and tell us what you think. Remember, nomakeuppodcast.com. No mask. No makeup, no mask. Run is my skin. This beautiful vessel, I, I'm living in.